Jack Benny's show was really quite easy to do. I'm talking now from the actor's standpoint. Obviously, the writing was meticulous. Jack honed a lot of that writing. He sat with the writers a great deal. Mm-hmm. He, uh, If it came down to a rock-bottom decision as to a joke in or out, it would be very often Jack's decision that made uh-huh. that happen. But for an actor, it was a very simple show to do. You'd go in, we'll say on Saturday, you'd read through once. Just sit down, read the script straight through, get up and leave, and you'd come back in on Sunday. You'd read once around the table, go and read it once on the mic, and that's all until showtime. Just that easy to do. So the whole uh, thing was really right in there with the writing. Well, it was that, that and also (laughs) that Jack knew his people, and they wrote for those people. Mm -hmm. Jack had a great thing that I don't think any other comic in the business had. If you were to pick up a Jack Benny script and read it, you'd say, well, wait a minute, where, where are Mr. Benny's jokes? Because Jack didn't do jokes. He did looks. He did takes. He fed, really, you the actor around him. That's Mm -hmm. the way he conducted his show. The big jokes were in the hands of the people who surrounded him, which was most unusual. And it showed that he had tremendous confidence in himself. He surrounded himself with characters that people expected to hear also. When as soon as he said, oh, mister, people said, oh boy, here it comes. He's going to get it, you know? (laughs) And if he said, excuse me, and the fellow said, see, he says, oh boy, here it comes. Now they're going to do that routine. The people were in on it, and I think they enjoyed being in on it. I guess the fact that the show stayed on top all the years that it did proved that. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting fine tobacco. In February of 1954, Jack Benny was in the midst of his sixth season on CBS and his 22nd in radio. Don Wilson, friends. After all is said and done... Although his TV program was in the midst of its fourth season, his radio show was still airing in the familiar Sunday 7 p.m. Eastern time slot. It had a radio rating of 8.2, second highest on the air. Smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. To many, he was simply the most famous comedian alive. February 14, 1954, was Jack Benny's real-life 60th birthday. Of course... He was a man who'd been claiming to be 39 for years. The Lucky Strike program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, today, February 14th, is Valentine's Day. It's also the birthday of the star of our show. So here he is, our own little Valentine, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, that was very nice of you to remember my birthday. How did you ever think of it? Well, Jack, a strange thing happened last night. I ate at that Chinese restaurant you recommended. Uh-huh. And I broke open one of those rice fortune cakes. Uh-huh. And a little paper said, "'Tis better to give than to receive, and Sunday is Jack Benny's birthday." <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what did you uh, bring me for a present, Don? Well, it was too late to go shopping, so I brought you a pocket full of fried rice. LAUGHTER 
too late to go shopping. I told you to have lunch there, not dinner. <laughs> anyway, Don, I'll take the rice. There's a friend of mine getting married Wednesday. Jack, you can't throw this rice. It's fried. So's my friend. It's Remley. <laughs> Anyway, Don, thanks very much. Well, anyway, Jack, getting back to your birthday, tell me, how does it feel being a year older? Don, I don't know. It seems strange to advance another year, but then on the other hand, there's something exciting about reaching 40. Yes, sir. Jack, you may be 40, but I must say you look much younger. Well, Don, it's nice of you to say that, but let's face it. My age is beginning to show. A little wrinkle here, a gray hair there. Eh. <laughs> Time marches on. Now, let's get on with the program. Oh, oh, wait a minute, Jack. Before we get into the show, I have a little surprise for you. A surprise, Don? Yeah, the whole audience is going to join in. All right, everybody. Happy birthday to you. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, everybody. Thanks very much. Wasn't that nice, Jack? Yes, very nice, Don. But, uh, but... Uh, but what? Well, I was watching one fellow sitting in the front row, and he didn't sing at all. As a matter of fact, he had a frown on his face. And I'm just curious to know why. Oh, mister. Mister. Me? <laughs> yeah, would you mind coming up here on the stage for a minute? Okay. Now, look, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Fink. <laughs> F-I-N-Q-U-E, Fink. <laughs> oh. oh, well, Mr. Fink, I'm just curious to know, you were the only one who didn't sing Happy Birthday to me. Why was that? Do you sing to me on my birthday? <laughs> No, no, but then how can I? I don't even know when your birthday is. It's December the 24th, and all you hear people singing is Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All. Not one word about Frank. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Now, look, uh, Mr. Fink. F-I-N-Q-U-E. <laughs> I, I know, I know. That, that's French. <laughs> yes, yes. In Paris, it's Fink <laughs> Well, you certainly are. <laughs> and I don't care what it is. All I want to know is if you've got this chip on your shoulder, why did you come in here in the first place? Who wanted to come in? I was standing in line for the Amos and Andy show. <laughs> and some guy come over and he told me they was giving away refrigerators in here. <laughs> Giving away refrigerators? In radio or programs, you either got to give you entertainment or a refrigerator. Now, where's my icebox? <laughs> You're not getting an icebox, so go sit down. Okay, okay. Twelve programs this week. I still ain't got a stick of furniture. <laughs> Keep quiet, please. 
Mr. Fink. <laughs> now, Don, regardless of what just happened, I... Oh, hello, Dennis. You're just in time for your song. Oh, I'd have been here sooner, but on the way down, I had to stop off at our family doctor's office and punch him in the nose. You punched your doctor in the nose? He had it coming. My mother told me what he did. What? Well, when I was born, for no reason at all, he slapped me. <laughs> Dennis. And my back was turned, too. <laughs> Dennis, never mind that silly talk. Let's have your song. Okay, Mr. Benny, but first, uh, congratulations on your birthday. Oh, well, it's awfully sweet of you to remember it, kid. I never would have thought of it if you hadn't given me that ticket to the burlesque show last night. Uh, never mind, Dennis. What'd the burlesque show have to do with it? Well, a girl came out to do a dance, her bubble broke, and a sign fell out saying, Sunday is Jack Benny's birthday. <laughs> Dennis. You must be popular. What applause you got. <laughs> all right, all right. They whistled and everything. <laughs> Dennis, what a fuss over a man's birthday. Look, Dennis, you found out it was my birthday. That's all that matters. Now, come on, let's have your song. Okay. Gee, when I'm 40, I hope I don't look like him. <laughs> what did you say? Sing, Dennis. You said it. <laughs> I remember one script where I went over to Jack Benny's house and I sang the song, which I usually had to do every week, sing the song I was going to sing on the following Sunday's program. And I went over there and I sang the song, and after I had sung it, Jack says, Dennis, that'll be fine. And I said, well, thank you, Mr. Benny, and I got to go now. And he showed me to the door, and as I was about to leave, I turned and I said, goodbye, Mr. Benny, and have a nice trip. I left, of course. He went upstairs, and he was halfway through packing before he realized he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> you know, these are the silly type of things. There was another one I remember where, in the body of the show, I had done something very frightening to Jack because he had another singer on the program, and I was very jealous, and I was mad. So what I was doing, I was hiding in the bushes in his home at Beverly Hills, and I was throwing rocks with notes attached through the window. And he would read them, you know, and I'd say, you are next, and this type of thing. You think you can get away with it, but you can't. And all of this, well, sure enough, I was caught by the police in Beverly Hills. At the end of the show, in the tag, he calls everybody out, and he called me out for a bow, and he said to me, Dennis, what you did to me, in the show tonight, frightening me the way you did, gave me an eerie feeling. And when I heard that, I said, what did you say, Mr. Benny? He says, what you did to me gave me an eerie feeling. And I said, gee, Mr. Benny, that's where I was born. He said, oh, Erie, Pennsylvania? I said, no, feeling West Virginia. <laughs> now, that's a lousy joke, but I could get away with it. That's not really a bad Characters joke. Characters that I played. It's not that bad a joke, actually. Yeah. Matt, 
That was Secret, Secret Love, sung by Dennis Day. Very good, Dennis. That was wonderful. Congratulations on your birthday. Dennis, you congratulated me already. Forget it. I tried, but I can't get that bubble dancer out of my mind. <laughs> Force yourself. Well, you know, Mr. Benny, it must be nice to have your birthday come on Valentine's Day. Yes, kid, but there's only one thing against it. Yeah? I mean, so many famous people were born in the month of February. Longfellow, Lincoln, Washington. It, it makes it hard for me to be outstanding. I can imagine. Of course, I, I don't want you to think for a minute that I'm comparing myself to a man like Washington. Why not? He wore a wig, too. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. Did you make up that joke yourself, Dennis? Uh-huh. And you liked that type of joke? Yeah. I thought it was very funny. Oh, you did? <laughs> you thought it was funny, huh? Well, excuse me a minute. Hello? Kenny Baker? <laughs> Come home, all is forgiven. <laughs> you better watch it, Dennis. Another gag like that, and you'll only have one show. And another thing. Say, Jack. Yes, Bob? Well, look, I didn't want to interrupt anything, but I've got a little present for you from the boys in the band. Oh, well, this is really too much. To think that the boys in your orchestra would remember my birthday... I mean, with all their other worries and, and responsibilities. Well, Remley was the one. Oh, Remley, huh? Uh-huh. Funny thing happened. Last night, Frankie was in a bar, and he happened to look up, and he saw a little sign that said, Tomorrow is Jack Benny's birthday. Bob, that was written on the ceiling? No, under the table. <laughs> I put it there on purpose. I knew he'd see it. <laughs> Anyway, Jack, all the boys chipped in, and they appointed Bagby, the piano player, to go out and buy you a plaque, and they asked me to present it to you. So, Jack, on behalf of the boys in the orchestra, here you are. Well, that's very nice of them. Gee, it's a fancy plaque, too. Let me read the inscription. To Herman Heffelfinger, <laughs> champion bowler, anthracite miners tournament. Bob, what's the matter with Bagby? I mean, why would he get me a plaque like that? Well, you don't have much choice when you deal with a second story, man. <laughs> Wait, you mean Charlie buys stolen merchandise? Well, sometimes he buys, sometimes he sells. <laughs> I, I, I can't understand Bagby. There are so many decent, honest businessmen around. Why does Charlie have to buy from a burglar? He gives green stamps. <laughs> Well, Bob, I'm not accepting a hot plan. Happy birthday, Mr. Benny. Huh? That bubble dancer's driving me nuts. Dennis, go sit down. Now, let's get on with the program. Oh, say, Jack, before you go any further, I think it's time for a song by the quartet. Oh, yes, that's right. Are the sportsmen here? Yeah. Come on in, fellas. Uh, Jack, the boys want to dedicate this number to you on the happy occasion of your birthday... Because this song's been associated with you for years. Well, that's very nice, Don. And, Jack, there's a part in it where you play the violin right at the opening. Oh, Don, do I have to? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to. It's my birthday. 
Now, wait till I get the music stand up here. Say, Bob, can I get a violin from one of the boys in the band? Well, I don't know about a violin, but Bagby will make you a good deal on a hot Cadillac. <laughs> I don't want that. I want a violin. Larry, let me have your violin, will you? Thanks. Hmm. What a gang in the orchestra. When they say that Remley is playing a steel guitar, you can take that word either way. <laughs> Where's that violin? All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? Well, you had insisted on the comedy commercial right from the beginning. Right from the very first show. When you had the sportsmen on the, was it the Lucky Strike program where they came in? That was Jell-O, Lucky Strike, everything, yeah. Well, you wrote most of those, didn't you? With my writers, with my writers, yeah, sure. We wrote every one of them. When we started for Jell-O, the Jell-O commercials saved Jell-O because Jell-O was going out of business almost on account of Knox Gelatin was beating Jell-O, beating the hell out. And so they wanted the comedy commercials, figuring that that could be the one thing that would save it. And by golly, it did. We were out for General Foods and Jell-O for 10 years, Uh and Lucky Strike came after then. Lucky Strike sponsored Jack and the Benny Show for 15 years. They were the greatest longevity of any client on the show. General Foods being 10 years for Mm Jell-O, 15 years for Lucky Strike. It's amazing. You think back, Jack <clears throat> Benny had as his sponsor Jell-O for 10 years and uh, Lucky Strike for 15 years. And today, now here in the 1980s, you're lucky if you get a sponsor to pick up a 30-second commercial during a television special. That's right. No longevity at all. My, how times have changed. Yeah, really have. But you see, the sponsors took pride in the programming in those days. Now... There was always the hue and cry. I'll editorialize for a second here. Good. Always the hue and cry that once they got the network programming out of the hands of the sponsors, the audiences would have better programming. And eventually, through the 50s and the 60s, the programming moved away from the sponsors who really produced the shows through their advertising agency, or most of them. You got it. To the point where now... The networks are producing the shows or paying for the shows to be produced, and the sponsors really don't have any interest in it other than the sheer numbers they're getting out, out right. there. Whereas in the old days, and you were there with the Jell-O and with the Lucky Strike thing, I believe that the audience, in their response to the sponsor, fortified the sponsor and kept his interest in presenting that program. I think your analysis is very well taken. I don't think anybody can dispute it. We all agree it's smooth and so pleasant like. Oh, yes, the one smoke for me is Lucky Strike. That was... That was really swell, boys. Thanks very much. You know, Don, it was so nice of the quartet. Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Oh, here I am, boy. Yeah. I hear, boy. Boy, here's a tip for you. Oh, boy, a dollar. 
A whole dollar. Thanks, Mr. Benny. I wonder who could be sending me a telegram. Right in the middle. Come in. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Benny. What do you want now? I forgot my bicycle. You didn't forget it. I bought it. <laughs> Goodbye. I hate when a guy makes a deal and then tries to get out of it. <laughs> Gee, the, the telegram's from my sister, Florence. Oh, what does she say? She says, Dear Jack, I've been listening to your program and I thought I should send you this wire immediately. You're not 40 years old today. You're actually... Oh, no. No, this can't be. This is awful. Well, Jack, how old does your sister say you are today? 39. <laughs> oh, my goodness, this is embarrassing. But my sister Florence ought to know. I guess instead of being born in 1914, it was 1915. I'm going to call Rochester and have him look at my birth certificate. My sister Florence says I'm 39, and I think I'm 40. I gotta find out. Say, Mabel. <laughs> what is it, Gertrude? Mr. Benny's line is flashing. Yeah, I wonder what Collier's cover girl wants now. <laughs> I'll plug in and find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. I'll call your house immediately. He wants I should get him Rochester. Well, be nice to him. You know, today's his birthday. It is? How did you find out? Dial Ulrich 8900. <laughs> yeah, but how did dial, you... Dial, dial. Okay. The time is 4.21 and 10 seconds. And today is Jack Benny's birthday. <laughs> the time is 4.21 and 20 seconds. His shirt size is 15 and a half. <laughs> the time is... How do you like that? Imagine Benny having his birthday announced on the telephone. How does he get away with it? He used to be a personal friend of Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> See? But with all the advertising, he must be getting a lot of gifts. I can imagine. What did you send him? A beautiful calfskin glove. One glove? Why in the world would you give him only one glove? That's all he needs. He never takes his right hand out of his pocket. <laughs> Very true. Say, Gertrude, can you give me a lift home tonight? I guess so. What's wrong? I got another flat tire. Say, you've been having more trouble with that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Operator. Operator. Gertrude, get me my hole. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, you ought to know. You helped build it. <laughs> 
Never mind, now please ring my home Okay, okay, I'm ringing it hmm. Smart Alec Gertrude She takes you out for dinner once She thinks she owns you <laughs> Oh well Mr. Benny's business, star of stage, radio, television, and silent pictures. Rochester, it's me. Oh, 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 hello, boss. What took you so long to answer the phone? Well, today's your birthday, and I was out in the kitchen finishing your cake. Oh, you baked the cake for me? Yeah, and you ought to see it, boss. Across the top in whipped cream, I wrote, happy birthday. Oh, that's nice, Rochester. Uh, oh, by the way, how many peas in happy? <laughs> Two. Uh-oh. Oh, so you'll have to add one. I gotta take one off. I got three. <laughs> well, look, you can do that later. Now, Rochester, here's why I called you. I don't know what to do. I thought today was my 40th birthday, but I just got a wire from my sister, and she says I'm 39. Well, don't argue with her, boss. Grab it. <laughs> Roger, I gotta be honest with myself. Now I want you to look at my birth certificate and tell me the date on it. Your birth certificate? Yes, do you know where it is? It's right here on the desk. What's my birth certificate doing on the desk? You got it out the other day when you applied for your old age pension. <laughs> oh, I just did that for a gag. Well, it must be laughing your first check came today. <laughs> Rochester, stop making things up Now look at my birth certificate I'm looking at it Now in the space where it says date of birth What's there? A hole <laughs> A hole in the paper? Yeah, we erased it once too often <laughs> Well, then there's nothing I can do And I'll have to take my sister's word for it I guess so, boss Your sister must be right Yep, I guess I'm 39 Well, goodbye, Rochester Goodbye Oh, say, boss <laughs> What? Aren't we devils? <laughs> you and me? No, me and your sister <laughs> Goodbye, Rochester. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not the only one who's celebrating a birthday. Last week, more than 3,300,000 scouts and leaders of the Boy Scouts of America had a candle lighting job on their hands. It was the beginning of Boy Scout Week, and these scouts added the 44th candle to their birthday cake. Candles that, through the years, have lighted boyhood's path to manhood, brightening the way with fun and fellowship, guiding boys to a future of good citizenship. And ladies and gentlemen, today's scouts are tomorrow's citizens. Thank you.
risk a word to cigarette smokers. Nearly every good comedian has good timing. They, they couldn't be good without it. Burns has great timing. Ed Wynn had the greatest. Gracie Allen had probably the greatest. She was the great of all time when it came to timing. You have to have real good timing or you can't exist as a comedian. You see, in radio, you could visualize everything yourself. Like my vault scenes were easier to do on radio than in television. Now, the reason my character sustained so many years, like you say, how could things go on and on? I played a character that included all the faults and the frailties of mankind. See, every family had somebody like me. Either they had an uncle who was stingy, or one who thought he was very sexy and he wasn't. So every family has that kind of a person. The different characterizations, you know, we made Phil Harris a sort of a smart-alecky guy. He either left a pool room or a bar or a girl. Come on, Don. The car's right around the corner. I'll drive you home. Okay. You know, Don, that was a pretty good program we just did, but hey, I Benny, think... Benny! Huh? Oh, it's you, Mr. Fink. Yeah. Hey, don't you know some program I can go on and win a refrigerator? No, I don't. Come on, Don. Well, I'm going to get a refrigerator even if I have to buy one. Well, I don't care. Buy one? <laughs> get in the car, Mr. Fink. Good night, folks. Sam Perrin, Bill Josephsburg, George Balzer, John Packerberry, Al Gordon, Al Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. <laughs>